I've known Nancy Davis Coe for many years now, meeting as people do on the internet. We're old school bloggers, but Nancy is also the creator of the podcast Midlife Mixtape, the podcast for the years between being hip and breaking one, as she calls it. It's brilliant, featuring really interesting people from all over the world. And Nancy is crazy funny. So it's definitely worth worth a listen. But that's actually not why I invited her onto the Make Light Show. The reason I invited her was because she has a new book coming out in a couple of weeks. It's called The Thank You Project, Cultivating Happiness, One Letter of Gratitude at a Time. She sent me a pre-released copy, and it's so lovely. It's this sweet but not saccharine book about a project that she began, basically to express gratitude to people who have had a huge influence on her life from basically birth to present day. And she shares in this book how the project changed her and also some really cool tips on how you can start your own thank you project if you wanted to. So I got this book and I raced through it and immediately I knew that I needed to have her on the show so she could share it with you. So get ready, babies. It's all next on today's episode. Welcome to the Make Light Show, the podcast that's all about infusing your life and work with meaning and using your superpowers to change the world. I'm Karen Walrent, leadership coach and author of the best-selling book, The Beauty of Different, Observations of a Confident Misfit. Join me as we explore ways to curate an intentional life and positively impact those around you in the process. Work your purpose, change your world, make light. Okay, so before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind you of a special deal I have going for listeners of the Make Light Show. So as you know, in my day job, I'm a leadership coach and I've helped people all around the world help navigate difficult situations at work or become comfortable in new leadership positions or launch new new businesses or just infuse their work with meaning and purpose. And I've coached people from all walks of life, from artists to scientists and everything in between. And of course, I would love to work with you. So if you've ever considered working with a coach, please go check out my website at karenwalrand.com forward slash coach. That's K-A-R-E-N-W-A-L-R-O-N-D.com forward slash coach for more information. Now, my first session is always free, but check this out. If you mention that you heard this on the Make Light Show, I'll give you 15% off a six-session package and 20% off a 12-second package. Simple as that. So check me out at karenwalrand.com forward slash coach and mention you heard me here. I cannot wait to meet you. Okay, with that, let's dive into my interview with the funny and very grateful Nancy Davis Co. Enjoy. Nancy, I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Karen. You know I, I love talking to you. Oh, well, we don't do it enough. That is the for truth. Now. You know, we mm-hmm. got we to gotta fix that. So, so serendipitously, I asked you to be on the show for um, to talk about your amazing podcast originally, um, Make Life Mid- uh, Midlife Mixtape, sorry, um, which I love your tagline, you know, the, for the years between... Being hip and breaking one. Isn't that, is, is that right? That is I get correct. It? Which that I, is correct. Although I always say to people, I always tell people if you suddenly become hip or you suddenly break a hip, you can still listen to the show. <laughs> it's 
not meant to be exclusionary. I'm just trying to kind of carve out the time, you know, the the focus for people in their minds. Oh. So between the years of being hip and breaking. And it's so good. And it's so fun. You always have some really, really great guests on. And I'm not just saying that because I've been on your show, but, <laughs> but I, so that was what we were going to talk about. And then I guess your publisher sent me an advanced copy of your new book that's coming out, The Thank You Project. And I was so completely blown away. I'm like, oh, no, no, that's what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) So I hope that's okay. That's what we're going to talk about. That's great. But do check out midlifemixtape.com. It's a a fun podcast. And check out the interview that I did with Karen on that. Yeah, of course. For sure. It would definitely. And we will. I'll have links for that in the show notes and everything, because definitely you should not make it. But I want to talk about this project because this was I don't know. It blew me away. So I'm going to let you tell people about what the thank you project is. And I'd love to know what prompted you to do it. Like why? Of I mean, I know it was a milestone birthday, but there are other things you could have done. Like why this? Well, I think it's a pretty good story. So I think so. I'm glad you asked that. So the book is called The Thank You Project, Cultivating Happiness, One Letter of Gratitude at a Time. It's coming out on December 3rd from Running Press, available for pre-order everywhere. And it came out, it really came out of a failure. And what I mean by that is that I had written a book about what I called my midlife music crisis memoir. And that was prompted when I went to a Vampire Weekend concert and the bouncer said, oh, are you just here to drop off your kids? And I was like, oh, oh, wait, oh, yeah. So I, as a lifelong live concert person, I was mortified. And I (laughs) set off on this endeavor to find out what's midlife appropriate music. And I went to all these different kinds of concerts and blah, blah, blah. And it was really lighthearted. And it was going to be this memoir about, you know, finding out that you can do what you want to do. And the first, you know, whatever, whatever you say is your kind of music, that's your kind of music. And that's a analogy for midlife. Right. Well, the problem was, so I wrote this essay. I got to go to some great concerts, including Barry, Ma- uh, Barry Manilow and oh thanks to our mutual friend, Wendy Aarons, and uh, went to my first heavy metal concert, wrote this, what I still think is a pretty funny book. But at the end of the day, what I heard from my agent and what I heard from the publishers who all rejected it was that there was no change to the character. So if you're talking fiction or memoir, you want a character who is has a problem in the beginning and solves oh. the problem or doesn't solve the problem at the end, right? So there's got to be some, some uh, you know, change in the character. And Interesting, okay. And what they kind of said was, you were happy in the beginning, you were happy at the end. You know, you didn't really have a big problem to face. And so, of course, I was mm. really disappointed. I spent about three years on that book, which was half the time I spent on the book prior to that that didn't get published. So I am getting more efficient, but um, <laughs> which, which, and so basically they were saying that you're not doing midlife. Well, is that what I heard? No, like I you're too, were, you're too happy for midlife. Like I don't that's, <laughs> that's kind of what they were saying. And so I was coming up to my 50th birthday and I was, you know, obviously any, any writer, anybody is sad when they get, they work that hard and sure, of gets course. rejected and was about to go in a drawer. And finally one day I thought, Oh, the reason that project failed is because I'm too happy. That's like, that's not a really bad reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it gave me, and I kind of, that was the day I thought, okay, I can move on from this. And then I thought, well, gosh, you know, I am real. I do feel very fortunate. I'm I've been married a long time. I have two daughters who are healthy. Yep. My parents are around, you know, I'm about to turn 50. I, I need to take stock and thank the people who helped me get here. Mm. So 
I decided what I would do for the year, the year that I turned 50, which was 2016, I would write one letter every week to someone who had helped or shaped or inspired me along the way. And I set a couple rules for myself, you know, one page only try to be really specific. You know, don't just say like, you're really nice, but really (laughs) elucidate why somebody had been, why they were important to me and, and the impact that they'd had on me. Like what's the specific way that I am the way I am. Thanks to knowing this person. And, and then as I moved, as I started writing the letters and I started, you know, with family and then moved to friends and it kind of went outward from there, I realized, oh, I don't have to send the letters, right? Nobody knows I'm doing this. So I can write to ex-boyfriends. I can write to former friends that I'm not in touch with anymore because you get, you know, you get shaped by all kinds of people in your life. And let me me just interrupt you right there because I have to tell you that I didn't get that you didn't have to send them until I got to the middle of your book and that I could feel like a weight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's really incredible. Like that, that you, that you figured that out. Well, not, and not only do you not have to send them, but what was different in writing the letters versus writing a book about the letters is in writing the book, I got to go interview happiness researchers. I got to talk to social psychologists who study the the interrelationship between happiness and gratitude and all the neural benefits of gratitude accrue to writing the letter. You don't get an, you don't really get anything extra from sending it. Your recipient will get something extra. We can talk about why I think it's really important to send the letters that you do feel comfortable sending, but there's nothing extra that you do for yourself in, in actually sending the letter, which means you can do things like I did, like writing to dead authors whose books have enriched right, your lives. Like right. Jane Austen will never read the letter I wrote her, but I loved writing that letter. And you can write to the cities that you've lived in that have shaped you. So once I realized I didn't need to send the letters and I did, oh, that was probably about halfway through the process, which is why it comes up halfway through the book. Yep. It was not only freeing, but it was also like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I should and could write about, you know, yeah. there's so many things. Yes. So, so yeah. the thing about the book, which, and I want to be really clear on this because I, you know, I, you and I had seen each other, I don't know, um, maybe well, we were, six but, months ago for sure. But and but, we were both, this need, the audience needs to know that we were both dressed fabulous. We were both wearing vintage seventies, like gowns. We looked, we looked amazing. We looked good. Let's just, let's, good. let's be real. And we did look good. So, but I remember you telling me, oh, you know, my book's coming out and it's about my thank you project. And you really didn't say much more than that. And I think when it came and I realized, oh, this is the book that Nancy was talking about. I assumed that it was going to be sort of an anthology of the letters you wrote. And it's not that, I mean, there's certainly letters you wrote appear in it, but it's really about how to begin your own project, right? Like right. that's real. It's sort of, it's almost, it's not a how to as much as a, well, it is a how to, but it also is also, it's couched in, here's what I learned when I did mine as well. I, I've said it's a how to, and hopefully it's a why to. Yes, that's you know? great. Yeah, that's really, really good. I don't think anybody cares about the letter. You don't, you don't care who I'm thankful to. Like, I don't know. Course, your letters were it, so lovely. Though. And, you're, and, and you, are, you are also, it must be said, a gifted writer. You're very funny. Um, and, and the thing that I, I think I appreciated most about the book is that it's a really, it's, it's a sweet book. It's not a very big book. It's a very sweet book, but it's not a saccharine book, right? Like it, it would be very easy, I think, to write about gratitude and get kind of sappy. 
and there isn't an ounce of sappiness in it. There's a lot of sweetness, um, but you're, you know, you're funny and you've got, you're quick witted and, you know, so it's not a, you know, you don't walk out going, God, I got to brush my teeth. Like, I know. I, like I can, think there's not an ounce of saccharine within me either. Yeah. That's, that's really what I'm hoping. That's my goal. I think that's true. All right. So this <laughs> is, so I told you, I think I told you before we got on that I have a lot of complicated feelings about this book. And so. I'm so glad to hear, like, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. Okay. So here's the thing. It. Like I, and, and you do touch on some of this in the book, but it didn't quite touch on what my complicatedness mm-hmm. can you tell i'm a writer too uh, <laughs> complicatedness of it so here's the thing like i no, i'll just wait i'll just say i'm glad that one of the songs because each chapter of the book has a playlist because yep. i have you know you're a playlist person yep and one of the songs is complicated by oh my God. pondering because uh, it is more complicated it is complicated right. that's the chorus complicated it's all right <laughs> <laughs> so okay so here's what's complicated for me like I hear this, you're going to write a, le- you're going to write letters to these people who have shaped you. I'm on board. Like I love, I love the idea of expressing, hang on. Is it expressing a feeling gratitude for these mm-hmm. people? Right. Mm-hmm. But there was a part of me that totally like puckered and cringed at the thought of mailing them, even to people who, even to people who like, I think deserve to receive the letter, right? Like they deserve to know how much they shaped me because all I could think about is if somebody wrote me a heartfelt letter, I would be like, why are you making this weird? Right? <laughs> like, like okay. what are you, what, what, why, why are you, what are you doing? Why are you making well, this you, weird? You say that. Okay. I, t- I hear what you're saying. And I, and I do try to talk about this in one point. First of all, if you feel like you're going to pucker at sending the letters, don't send a single letter. That's, you are released from the obligation. No, but, but, but here's the but. thing. No, 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 no. But wait. So like I, but these people like, I, I don't know. Let, let's take, for example, my, my elementary school teacher, right? Mr. Mm-hmm. Sumter, who may he rest in peace. I found out he actually passed away a couple years ago, but if he were still alive, I would have sent him a letter. Right. But the truth is like, I haven't seen Mr. Sumter in 40 years. And like what I would be more worried that I ended up making him uncomfortable by heaping this praise on him than anything else. And so that's, that's the worry. It's not so much like, it's not so much, Oh, this is going to feel weird for them as it is. I don't want to be the cause of we, of, of their discomfort and being told how amazing they are. And so how did you get brave enough to do that? Well, let's break this down. Okay. (laughs) How many people out there are suffering from being told too much that they're awesome? That too many times have they heard, you changed my life for the better. I really appreciate how good you are at teaching or being a doctor or being a friend. I don't feel like we're, I don't feel like we're drowning in, um, in people telling us that we're meaningful. And in fact, I think I really think, and we're going into another presidential election a year. Yep. I feel like people are so isolated, mm. so beaten down. Yep. There's just this borderline or baseline level of anxiety and negativity that we're steeped in every day just by virtue of walking around on the planet. And to get a letter that says to you, I value you, this is what I see in you, and this is how those things in you have made my life better. I don't think anybody's overwhelmed. I don't think anybody has a negative feeling from that. And I will tell you, 
I mean, anecdotally, everybody who I sent a letter to was, was like thrilled. And sometimes they acknowledged it in a big way. Like some people wrote me back. Sometimes it was much quieter. I just would get a text or a hug or something like that. In no case did they not acknowledge it. Sure. And certainly in no case did somebody say, you know, that sucked. Well, no, yeah, I wouldn't expect that, but I would expect them to like feel that they have to be nice to me in return. And so they are, but really deep down, they're like, oh, I hate that. So really this is about you not thinking you deserve people to be nice to you? Is that what I'm hearing? No, no, I just don't. So, okay, so here's a a great analogy. All right, here's a great analogy. So a couple of years ago, we lost everything in a storm, right? right. And, and, and Hurricane Harvey. And right. um, we have a mutual friend, Laura Mays, who contacted me like 72 hours after we lost everything and was like, okay, so people are saying, how can we help you? So we need to help you. And I was like, oh my God, like there's people dying, literally dying in the storm. We're going to be okay. We're fine. And like, it was a whole thing. She's like, it's not like people think you're homeless. Okay, well, you're homeless, but <laughs> but you know we had to laugh about it. We are homeless, but I was like, oh my god, I can't like like I don't want like I don't want people to like tell them to put their resources in you know with people who really have absolutely nothing now. Like we're still employed, like we'll be okay. Um, and finally, Laura was like, Karen, you have to let your friends help you, right? And she literally she said it just like she goes, you have to let your friends help you. And I remember thinking, you know, you're right, I do, but I know like. Like I see people and friends who did lovely things for us. And I'm like, I can never pay you back. I feel so weird about, you know, like there's still some residual stuff like that mm. for me. And because I've been on that end of, right. re- of receiving such kindness and it's not that I didn't appreciate it. It's not that I didn't like, uh, uh, clearly I appreciate it. I love them. I love that people were so kind, but there's a part of me that's like, I hate that I put you out. If I if that makes sense. Right. I hate that. It I made, does. You know, so it's that's that's what it is. It's not that I yeah. I don't think I'm deserving of people thanking me like that's not it. It's just I don't want there to be any discomfort around the kindness. And I know it's weird. I know maybe I, no, maybe this is more about think, me. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it's weird. And I think, you know, it's it's funny. One of my early readers, because, <clears throat> you know, to be honest, I didn't worry that much about sending these letters. I figure people thank you letter. Why are they going to be sad? Yeah. About it, and know? I love that. I think and, that's healthy. I think that's totally well, healthy. But, but a couple of my earliest readers came back with, so you're not, you came back with similar comments. Yeah. They said, you know what? I, I would worry that somebody would, one of the people I remember, I love this. She said, what if they open the letter and say, who the hell is this? Oh God. <laughs> Which I thought was funny, you know, cause that could happen, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that could but, happen. Um, I guess the way I would think about it is, first of all, um, it, it is hard. In, in, uh, the exercise of writing these letters, you know, you are looking back like, here's all the times I screwed up and needed help. Here's yeah. all the ways that I fell short and I needed somebody to give me an assist. So can, it can be uncomfortable. I'm not, yeah. I, you know, I, I see that. But I guess in the case you're talking about, I would say, what are we here for if not to yeah. help? The people I, I, we love, totally regardless valid. of what their trouble looks like, you know, whether yeah. your trouble is bigger or smaller than somebody else's. If I have a connection to you, you're the person I want to help. And secondly, would it make you feel better if you could think about it in the context of, well, I know how it felt, how how meaningful it was to me to receive that help. So next time somebody I know needs help, I'm going to pay it for. Sure, of course, yeah. You know, so maybe instead of focusing on how you 
maybe the way you clear out that residue is just by committing to push it, push that down to the next person in the, in terms of the way you can help them. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think you're right. I mean, I think, you know, what you're, what you're saying is making me think about, you know, I, I recently was talking to, to about losing hope, right? Like mm-hmm. doing good things and like, why even bother? Because the world is a dumpster fire anyway. Um, and there's a, something to be said about, well, you keep doing kind things because you keep doing kind things. Like it's not about always fixing the world or like you said, like, you know, this person knowing, feeling gratitude. It's because it's a nice thing to do. And I think there's a there's an element of that in your project. Like, well, you thank people because you thank people like that's a good thing to do, like regardless right. of how they receive it. Right. So I mean, and and I think the exercise of doing this, too, reminds you that these little small things you do yeah. can make a difference for somebody else. And the example I would use is there's a, an incident I talk about in the book where I got laid off when I was nine months pregnant with my second daughter. Yes, I remember. And it was a very, it was a whole if, if, if I could work blue on your, on this show, I would work blue and tell you what I thought of that. But, um, but the, but my boss at the time called me at home the night before because she was so worried they were going to, there was a giant layoff plan for the next day. None of us were supposed to know about it. And Mm. she called me at home. She said, I need you to lie down and I want, you know, make sure your husband's close by. And she told me I was going to be laid off the next day. And it's ba- it was bad news, of course, but the kindness with which she delivered it and they it was completely emblematic of, uh, of who she was as a manager. I just yep. loved her. And this just that little kindness of giving me a heads up so that the next day I didn't like go into premature labor, labor in front of a room full of people. And in <laughs> fact, I was able to saunter right in. Like in my, I wore my biggest maternity outfit that I had and I parked <laughs> it right in the front of the CEO. So I had to look. He had to look me in the eye while he was laying us all off. But that one phone call was probably a 10 minute phone call, but it helped me get through what would have otherwise been, you know, a very stressful time at a very vulnerable time. Sure. So Sure. That's, that's so great. All right. So that was one part of my discomfort. Did I address it? You did. I think you did. I think you really did. And, and actually like, I will say after reading your reading the book, I was like, I really should start a project like this. And there was that was a block for me. So we've, yeah. we've we're on the other side of that block, which is awesome. Can I say, can I say two quick things? Yeah, about of course, it? please. One is that I wrote 50 letters. Karen, you do not have to write 50 letters. Yes. You can write five letters. You can write like and it can take you three years. I, you don't have to do what I did. And I tried to say that throughout the book. You get to decide. And I also brought in some other people who had done similar projects to show a range of other people's experiences. but. If the sound of 50 letters is overwhelming, I get that. And I loved, I loved it. You were very clear about that at the very beginning. Like that's not like, that's one of the first things you talk about is like, this was my project. You do you, right? Like, which was, which was great. And the second thing is I would say, start writing letters to people who, you know, are going to have a good reaction to them. Oh, sure. (laughs) That makes sense. Once you, once you get that response, you're like, oh, that's kind of fun. I'm going to write to another person that helps too. And that I think will make you braver over time. Yeah, that's 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 good advice, actually. As now that I'm thinking, I, you know, I'm thinking about you people can write right one now. To me, I swear, I will, <laughs> I will fall out. I will fall out about that. Awesome, good to know. You'll give me your address when we when we um, get off. Oh well, let's not go that far. <laughs> I don't want you to show up in my driveway. Well, or I need to write you. I, I guess. Well, that's, well, that's true. You also like you you did it like on Microsoft Word, and did you email them or did you oh, mail no, no, them? No, no, no. I, I mailed them. You mailed them. I was also, gonna say. 
my handwriting's so bad now because I'm, a, you know, I've been I, exclusively typing for I don't know forty years. But um, but I did when I printed them out, I always wrote something by hand on the bottom. On the bottom, so they had because I do think having somebody's handwriting is, is significant. And it, and I do and I say to people, if you can handwrite your letters. Maybe even better. I think those are those are real artifacts to hold on to. Right. Yeah. I love. Although I did like that you you said that the way you did it was that you would just start a new page in a word document. Mm-hmm. So at the end you have them all, which I thought was really sort of right. brilliant. That was really cool. Okay. So here's the second the second complicated mm-hmm. question that I had. So you had you limited it to fifty, and I think it probably makes some sense to limit it to a certain amount of. Thing. Although I guess you could have an ongoing thank thank you project, I guess, for the rest of your life. But sure. but how did you like you? I think you said you're from a large family and your your husband's from a large family. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So how did you like when you were coming up with the letters? Like, did you like go, well, if I'm sending one to cousin Mary, that means everybody, all my cousins have to get it. Like, how did you decide who <laughs> would get it, particularly with friends and family who might talk to each other and decide like whether or not like I would hate to have to write letters to people who I didn't think did that much for me, but I'm, I feel like they're going to talk to these other people. And if they don't get one, they're going to be hurt. And how did you do that? Well, uh, so here's how I did it. I, um, first of all, I wrote the first 50 and then in the course of writing this book, I thought, why did I stop? That was so dumb. Right, right, right. So, I actually do have a volume two that is ongoing. So I did go back. Some of the people who I had put, who I just didn't include for whatever reason, the first time through, I have written to since. And there's nothing that says you have to stop and you stop. There doesn't have to be a stopping point. And in fact, you can, you could stop and put it away for five years and then pick it up again. You know, so I wrote one last week, actually, to the, uh, to my hip hop teacher, which was so fun (laughs) to give him. But, um, I, so the other thing I was going to say is I used a, so I had a kind of an intro paragraph that I would just recycle for almost every letter where right. I said, this is part of a thank you project that I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. But one of the other women I wrote about, uh, Shannon, who did a hundred letters in a hundred days. Which oh my talk God. About, talk about if, if anybody listening felt overwhelmed hearing 50 in a year, I almost passed out when I heard a hundred <laughs> in a hundred days. But she loved it. For She said for her, that was exactly the right pace. And she didn't tell anybody who was getting a letter that it was part of a larger project for exactly the reason you're talking about. She was. She said, I don't want people comparing notes. I don't want people. It All was right. just a straight thank you letter that arrived out of the blue. So I think that's one way you can handle it is just mm. to kind of say, I'm just thanking you. And why would they then go out and say to their other six friends in the group, you know, did she think? You too, you know, you I right. think there's ways to write into it that are are genuine and, and meaningful and don't necessarily associate with a larger with a larger yeah. project. Yeah, I guess that makes sort of sense. Because I literally like, you know, of course, and I think this is gonna be natural for anybody who reads this amazing book, um, is you start to think about who in your life you would send letters to. And I my I my immediate family's small. I just have one sister, but like my dad is the second of nine. Right. And they all had children and there's cousins and there's some cousins, for example, that there's a lot of cousins that I have not seen in years and I don't right. see years, but like one of them might get a letter because the last time that we were together, something happened that made me feel really thankful, you know? And so I'm, you know, and that last time might've been, you know, two decades ago. 
Right. And so my thought is like, well, if I send that, like, some other cousin could be, well, I was there. Like, right, <laughs> like right, why right. didn't I get one? And I'm like, because I don't like you as much. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I think you can write it in such a way that they don't. They have no idea. that they have that's... any incentive to go out and start comparing notes start, with anybody else. Start crowing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, what, you mean you didn't get one? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, okay. So that's really good. And then. Does that help? It is helpful. And okay, then. Good. A couple of times you also said that you could you talked about writing letters to people who maybe didn't treat you all that well, but because of your interaction with them, you learned something about yourself or you learned something about how about what your values are or and how you want to move through life. Right. So this is the you don't have to send the letter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So but but what I think is it's so let's just say, like, for example, um, I think you talked about an ex or something like that. Right. And so, like, say that you wrote that letter. You're like, OK, I'm going to write this letter because this person totally taught me things about relationships that I then vowed never to do in my own relationship. And I my marriage as a result, I think, is stronger than it would be because I'm so careful about this or whatever. That's exactly that's exactly the right way to think about it. Okay. So the question is when you wrote that letter, did you actually feel relief from it or did you like, or did you actually like dredge up some really angry feelings? And it actually was like, like, cause to me, I kept thinking, I don't know if writing that would necessarily help me. Are you wondering if the tone of those thank yous was slightly different than what I would have written to my parents, well, no, that, for instance? No, well, that's a, that's a second question, but <laughs> no, but more like, like just the fact that you had to sort of, even if it with the tone was kind, like you, the fact that you sort of had to relive whatever that difficult, because I think you also mentioned a bully once and, and like the tone, like the story that's underpinning that letter is right. difficult. And so did, is bringing that up difficult? Well, uh, in the, so when I was thinking about these and the first time I started thinking about these was, uh, it, you know, talking to my uh, oldest daughter just before she left for college for the first time, I was like, oh my God, I forgot to tell you that it's nice to be in love. Yeah, and even if you that. don't end up with the person, like I've told you about HPV, but I never <laughs> told you like, so I started really thinking about how, and, and I, what the, the lesson I wanted her to take away was you're inevitably, you're going to be with a partner and it'll end and be with a partner. And it like, that's just like, you go through a couple of you may go through a couple of iterations. I know there are people out there who married their first, first love. Yeah. But love, but, which but, awesome. But in my case, I had to go through it. It was a learning journey. Yep. Um, and, but and you learn something from each person. And I, you know, I had my 27th anniversary yesterday. All those things added up to me finding this guy who I'm spending my life with. And so right. I would, you know, I'd argue that all the mistakes you make are really just kind of narrowing your focus until you find the person you're meant to be with. So if you can look back with gratitude at how those past relationships have helped you kind of clarify and refine what it is you want versus what they had to offer, I think that's really healthy and, and a way to let go of bitterness that, you know, may you know, you fall for somebody because they have good qualities, hopefully. Right. right. And so what were that? what were those good qualities, you know, and how did those make your life better at the time you were with the person? That's, that's kind of the way I thought about it. And the example I used in the book is the, uh, the, the German boyfriend, the German yes. boyfriend, um, Love who helped me, 
Well, so we didn't work out. We are still friendly. Like I, he's a very nice guy, but um, it didn't work out, but I would never have stayed in Germany as long as I did without his help in understanding how you file your taxes, right. how you apply for a residency permit. Like he was really helpful on administrative things. Yeah. <laughs> and I would not, I wouldn't have stayed in Germany as long as I did, which means I wouldn't probably have gotten accepted into the international business program that I went to, which is where I met my husband. And, right. you know, so these things can have a ripple effect that, you know, you still feel years later. And, uh, and so so that's kind of the way I try to think about it is what are the good things that I got out of this relationship and writing and thanking the person for it and writing about that was a chance to reframe what otherwise would be tempting to look back and say, well, that was a failed relationship. Well, yeah, it was a really, it was a successful relationship for two years until it wasn't right. And sure. this is what I got to take with it. Okay. So that all that being said, I do write about, you know, maybe you had a bully in your life right. who taught you lessons. And I talk about the one that I had. I did not write that personal letter. Okay. I decided in that case, Asta, I've already given too much of my life over. It's yeah. like, she was really awful to me when I was a little kid. And I'm, you know, I'm beyond it. So, yeah. you know, you may look at some of those people and think you want to write them a letter. You might not. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. So, Complicated. It's all right. It's so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so, it's so great. So let me ask. So now that you've, now that you've done your project, even though you're in volume two, right now that you've yeah. done your project and now that you've written this book about the project, like what would you say are your biggest lessons from having done it all? Uh, that gratitude is very, gratitude letters are a very effective tool for resetting yourself. And I knew that mm. the first time through instinctively because I wrote these letters. So, you know, I started off these letters thinking everything's so great. And as Karen knows, having read the book, it ended up 2016 was a really rough year yep. for me personally, for us as a country. And I would sit down every week and it was like the big, you know, exhale, like, okay, everything's going to be fine for another week because look at this page I just filled with nice thoughts about my family. Mm, yeah. You know, and, I, and it was this really effective tool. I, I, I could sense it at the time in writing the book. When I got to talk to all these scientists, I got to learn why it's, effect, you know, it really does reset your parasympathetic nervous system. It's a really good way to reset. So um, I think my takeaway is that I, recognize now how effective these gratitude letters are as a way to just keep yourself on an even keel. And especially as we're going into another presidential election, that's why I have volume two, because one, at least once a week these days, we're, we're in impeachment hearings right now. It's almost two or three times a week. I could, I could stand to sit down and think, okay, I'm going to quiet all that outside yeah. noise and just think good thoughts about, you know, I'm, I ha- I'm writing one tonight and I right. have it on my calendar to write. So I've had a chance this week to think about that person and, you know. And um, I, and I love that I, you, you mentioned that. And that was also, that was actually a, 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 you know, every now and then, whenever you read a book, there's something that's said that you're, you know, you have a little aha that goes on inside of you about, oh, that's really insightful. And the thing that I loved, again, this is at the very beginning of the book, so I don't think I'm giving too much away, but you talk about how Fridays are sort of your writing days, mm-hmm. but you know, ahead of time who that person is so that when you're taking your walks or doing things, you know, other things you're formulating in your mind, like you sort of meditate on what you're going to say to that person. So even though it gets committed to paper on Friday, 
you've actually been sort of meditating on why this person was important to you for seven days ahead of time, right? Um, did, did I get that right? You did. And, and rewiring your brain in the process. Yeah, I love because that. Because there's this saying, neurons that fire together, wire together, which means that the more you're kind of using that thought channel to, and <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many different ways that are non-scientific. I have explained this theory. And the other day it was, you're giving your brain a bubble bath. That's yeah. not what the scientists would say. You are kind of, you know, t- teaching your brain to look for positive things because you're cooking dinner and thinking about good things about this person or you're commuting to work and you're thinking, what, what am I going to write in the letter this week? I'll, you know, let me think of all these good things that a person, you know, a specific person has done to me. And I mean, Karen, I know you and I are both members of the, the whiskey palians, you know, when it would be a, <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit like a prayer for that person too. Yeah. I, I consider it part of my spiritual practice to send out good thoughts to whoever it is who's going to who's going to get this. And and funny enough, the like the letters that I didn't send, I just that's what I thought too. Like every time I write one of these letters, you're not going to get to read it, but I bet you've got a really good parking spot. Right. Like, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pull up to a meter and it's going to be completely loaded for an hour. Yeah. Long enough to put anything. In. <laughs> I love I love that. All right, so. Tell me, like, if somebody has li- now listened to us speak and they're like, you know what, a thank you project sounds kind of interesting. Like, what is your advice for how to just start, like, just to begin? The best way to start, I think, is to start with a list of who you might want to write to. And it doesn't have to be long. Just, like, make a list in a piece of notebook paper of 10 people or five people, people who have helped you become the person you are. And that's, that's the question I just keep coming back to who is, who has helped you become the person you are today? Mm. Just make a list of those names. That's a great starting point. At some, at some point, you know, pick a name off the list. And I I do, you know, I go in, in the book, I go into detail about how to kind of think about the letter and how to organize for this project. But if all you're doing is picking a name off the list and thinking good thoughts about the person and how they've helped you, you're halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. All right, Miss Nancy, my sweet, wonderful friend. So you've got this wonderful new book baby that's about to be on the world. It's out in December. Everybody oh, pre-order now. Contractions, Karen, <laughs> killing me. But just think Someone of how- bring me an ice chip. You will apparently forget all about these contractions once you see your baby. <laughs> this is what I hear. Oh, <laughs> Having I never gone so. through contractions myself since I adopted, this is what I hear you're supposed to say. So, so you've done that. You've got this amazing podcast. Um, that you do, Midlife Mistape, which is so much fun. It's so music-filled and so joy-filled, and you always have joyful guests on your podcast. So I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody. Um, with this wonderful work that you do, how how does this infuse your life with meaning and purpose? How do you ensure that it infuses your life with meaning and purpose? A, that's a very hard question, Karen. <laughs> and my brain is doing... Fl- I mean, oh. But I think the answer is what fills my life with purpose is connecting people. Mm. I love when I can say, oh, you should read that book or, you know, Mm. who would, you know, would be able to help you with that. Let me give you this person's contact information. I've always really liked just trying to think creatively about in the wide world of people I know, how can one person help another person? And um, so, so I think the podcast and the book are, and the, and the blog too, I think are that writ large, you know, yeah. I can reach a larger group of people, but if, if somebody reads the book and rekindles uh, a 
you know, relationship with an old friend or reaches out to a, a, a teacher that they mm-hmm. haven't been in touch with and somehow they're connected again, I, I will feel really good about that. Because I feel like the more connections we have, the more, t- the more ways in which we're reminded that we're held up by a network of support the more valued we feel, the more connected we feel. And I just feel like in 2019, 2020, I mean, we haven't, we haven't gotten to 2020 yet, but I don't think it's going to get better. Um, I just feel like there's so many forces trying to tell us that we're alone, that we're isolated, that we're divided from one another. And so if anything I do can help create connections between people, I feel good about that. Well, I love it. And I think that you are on mission, sister. I think you absolutely do that. Um, your kindness is, I think, one of your marked qualities. And so I'm thrilled that you were here on on the on the podcast. I love your book. It's going to be one of those books that I know I'm going to end up buying like five or six times because I'll keep giving away my copy. So thank you so much for writing it. And thank you so much for being a part of my little show. Well, I'm really grateful that you brought up hard questions. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad you did. I'm glad we went there because um, there's it is it's a little it, the whole thing um, has a lot of facets to it. So I really appreciate that we could talk through that. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Everybody go out and buy this book. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't Nancy a joy? I love that she was so determined with her thank you project and that she was so determined to push me back past my own insecurities about starting my own. So how about you? Have you ever created your own thank you project? Have you sent letters? Did you actually send them or did you just write them? And if you sent them, How did people respond? Please leave your answers over in the comments at the show notes, where I'll also include more information about today's guest, Nancy Davis Coe. I'll be sure to include a link to purchase her brand new book, The Thank You Project, and also, of course, a link to her delightful podcast, Midlife Mixtape. With that, that's it for this episode of The Make Light Show. Now, don't forget, check out karenwalren.com forward slash coach because I'd love to work with you one-on-one to achieve your particular goals. And if you mentioned that you heard this on the Make Light Show, you'll get a 15% off a six-session package or 20% off a 12-second package if we choose to work together. So trust me, we're going to make magic together. Also, of course, if you're looking for ways to infuse your life with purpose, but you find yourself a little stuck, don't forget, you can always send me an email with any questions or challenges you'd like me to tackle here on the podcast to Karen at themakelightshow.com. And you never know, you just might hear an answer to your question or challenge on an upcoming episode. I'm Karen Walrand, and I'll be back in a few weeks with all new tips and tricks to make light. And in the meantime, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Keep on making light, my friends. 